what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Oh my goodness. Are you ready to dive into this? We are going to talk about standards today. Yep. You heard me. Standards. And this should be actually one of your favorite words. Standards should make you happy because they actually protect you. So if we do a, you know, Google search, because that's what we do these days, a standard is a level of quality or attainment. It's a level of quality or attainment. Okay. I know that I also think about understanding as the truth that you stand under. So when you think about the standards that you currently live by or the truth that you've been standing under, are you proud of that? What is that producing in terms of results in your life? And is that really what you value and ultimately what you're about? This is Spirit Phil Real Talk, y'all. <laughs> You've got to have some spiritual insight on how you're showing up, what, who you're living for, and are you aligned with that? Or is that something that you just talk about, right? You preach about. Are you practicing what you preach about? So for those of you that have standards that you're proud of, and for those of you that want them, this message will probably mostly resonate with you. It might convict a few of you too. So the point is, Never, never, never apologize for having standards. These might be questioned. These might be challenged. These might be made fun of and ridiculed. These might be something that other people don't clap for or celebrate, but it's usually because those people aren't living for those same standards, they don't live according to them, and they probably don't understand them because it's really easy to criticize and ridicule something that you don't understand, but that should never dictate how you show up or not at all. Okay, so I want to take us to Acts 4.13, Acts 4.13, and in this scripture, dun, 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 I'm going to go with King James, y'all. I personally love the Passion Translation. Amplified is my usual go-to every day, to be real. King James is always tried and true. <laughs> and the message is also one of my faves. But for the sake of this, Acts 4.13, King James Version. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
what's happening here? Really, the takeaway is your influence matters and your influence impacts people, whether you're responsible for that, whether you're aware of that, whether you're intentional about that or not. People take note of where you've been and who you've been spending time with or what you've been spending time doing. So think about it. Can people tell where you've been? Particularly in this example, sometimes we are the only example that people have of God. We're the only model. We're the only representation of the fact that God loves them, right? Or what it looks like to live a spirit-led life. A lot of times people don't know what that looks like, what that means. A lot of times people haven't experienced that. And we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? But that only really happens as we're spending time with Jesus, right? So I know that people have acknowledged before if I'm carrying more peace than normal or if I'm super joyful in the mix of really challenging times or if I'm steady Eddie (laughs) when it seems like life is chaotic, that's not to my credit. That's a result of who I've been spending time with and what I'm carrying, right? Now, the same would be true. People would notice or pick up on, ooh, it looks like you're hungover, you still smell like alcohol, or you've been smoking, or you've been really negative. That's probably a reflection of the circle or what you're watching or what you're feeding your soul every day. So can people tell where you've been? Think about that. Take note of where you've been. This is an invitation to do that. Take note of where you've been. All right. Now, want to note this also. It's not really a standard if you don't suffer for it. (laughs) That is a mic drop. It is not really a standard if you don't suffer for it. Okay? So there's many things that we aspire to be. There's many things that we talk about. There's many things that we can observe in others and celebrate. However, it's not a standard for ourselves if we don't suffer for it. What does that mean? A practical example would be if you want to take care of your body, if you want to have more energy, if you want to build muscle because muscle burns fat, if you want to strengthen your body so that it's easier on your bones and joints, maybe it's not even an aesthetic thing for you, and then you don't work out, (laughs) we've seen this movie before. It's not really a standard then because there's some suffering in that. If any of you work out, you know, right? You've got to get up early sometimes. You got to stay up late sometimes. You got to squeeze it into your schedule when you can. You sweat for it. You lift for it. You work for it, right? You suffer for it, right? We feel that muscle pain, okay? Usually it's the day after, but we we feel it. (laughs) All right, so that's a simple example, but Again, it is not a standard if you don't suffer for it. So when you have kingdom life, that's really what I'm going to highlight today. When you have kingdom life, that means that you're living the king's way. It means that you live like you're an answer, right? You know that before you were born, God formed you. He knew you. He shaped you. He called you, right? And you live like it. And hell will always fight you, but heaven will follow you when you're living the kingdom life, right? 
And it's different when you live the kingdom life because yes, maybe guilt, shame, condemnation, challenges, all that stuff might come, but you're held by power and anointing, meaning you're oily, okay? So if you've ever tried to grab something that's oily, you can't, it slips out of your hand, similar to you. That other stuff can't stick to you if you are living a kingdom life because you're held by the power of God and the anointing that God gives you, all right? So let's talk about this. Living the kingdom life really has a lot to do with your faith, okay? Your faith is tied to your thankfulness, not your circumstance. So living the kingdom life is deciding that I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I know that my faith is tied to my thankfulness, meaning the more I thank or the way I thank determines the way I think. Okay, so the way I'm thanking, the way I'm praising, the way I'm delighting in God determines the way I think. So for example, if you are murmuring, complaining, talking about your circumstances, that's also what you're going to constantly think about. But if you decide to thank and praise and keep God the center and the focus, that will also change the way you think. Okay, so this is all about understanding why you do or don't do things. Having a standard of living is understanding why you do or you don't do things. A lot of times we're told growing up what we should or we shouldn't do, but where that's challenging is we don't understand why we do it, so we'd rather just rebel. (laughs) When we don't agree with something, when we don't get something, we just want to rebel. Right? Being in the pandemic is a perfect example. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to be on quarantine. I don't want to do this. We're bringing out our rebellious nature, right? But we have to understand why. When you understand in that example that people's health is at risk, maybe you feel young, you feel resilient, you feel immune somehow, but what about people that are at high risk? You're not even considering those other people. So it's not always wearing a mask for you. It's wearing a mask for your brother and for your sister, right? So if you understand the impact of wearing a mask or not wearing one, that changes how you show up. Same thing with your faith. If you understand that your the way you think determines the way you think, you'll be more intentional about thanking and praising God and not murmuring and letting cursing come out of your mouth, right? When you understand that your standard is the kingdom life, then you'll stop looking at the way the world is living and you'll stop judging that and you'll hold yourself according to a different standard and suffer for that. You'll make sacrifices for that. You'll wake up early. You'll seek the kingdom first. You'll abide in the Lord, right? You'll delight in the Lord, right? Okay. So basically to have standards, we need a framework to work from. We need structure. I know it's crazy as creative humans, but we do need structure. And often when we're frustrated, it's because we don't have a standard. We just have suggestions. goodness, that's so big. Often when we're frustrated, it's because we don't have a standard. We just have suggestions, meaning there's a lot of things that we could do. There's a lot of things that we should do, but we're not standing for anything that is messy. Okay. So what do standards do? Standards put you in position. They put you in position. And without them, we often prolong the process or Another way to say that is when you have wisdom, wisdom cuts down your learning curve. (laughs) So 
so when you live by the standard of the kingdom, you're often applying practical wisdom to your life. And that is cutting down your learning curve or really accelerating your process of getting to where you're going to. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you another example from scripture because again, this is spirit filled real talk. So let's fill this with some spirit. Okay. So this is going to be Genesis 28. I believe it's 10 through 12. Let me pull it up or find it. Dun, dun, dun. What is the address? Come on. Okay. While that's loading, I'll give you a little teaser. So standards basically allow God's promises to become within reach versus if we're just sitting, if we've let our faith in a lot of ways take a back seat in our life, then we're not able to reach for or grasp or receive what God has for us. So I'm going to set this up with Genesis 28, 10 through 12. Okay. Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When? Not Bathsheba. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm getting the wrong thing here. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Okay, what does this mean? This means that Jesus is Jacob's ladder. (laughs) Do you get it? All right, so when he laid his head down to sleep, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway, picture a ladder, resting on earth, so the feet of the ladder on earth, with the very top of the ladder reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were descending, were ascending and descending on it. So angels were going up and down this ladder. Now, you're going to have to do a bit of a visualization with me, but you can use your imagination for that. So come on, let's do this. So imagine a ladder, okay? And at the very top of the ladder is God. He's hanging out. And you know how that ladder has like a little shelf thing that you can put down? I don't know ladder talk, but you can put painting tools on there, whatever it is that you need to put on there. There's a resting plate of some kind, whatever that is. So picture that being where all of God's plans are for you, okay? So picture ladder, God on top of the ladder, that little resting shelf with all God's plans on it, a huge stack. It looks like a manuscript, right? And it's abundant, so they never stop. Then below the ladder or sitting next to the ladder is a chair, and you are sitting in the chair, okay? So picture this. If you are sitting in the chair and you try to reach up and grab the plans that are on the ladder, you can't reach them. You actually don't even come close when you're sitting on the chair, especially depending on how high the ladder is, okay? But if you push the chair aside and you take a stand, okay, you stand up, then if you actually reach your hand up, you can probably grab those plans. Are you with me? So, Using this visualization, understand that God hasn't stopped communicating with you. God hasn't changed his plans for you. God is still working with you. But a lot of times we've taken a seat. 
We've let our faith take a back seat. We've let our prayer life take a back seat. We've let our intimacy with God take a back seat. We've let listening to the Holy Spirit take a back seat. We've let our passion take a back seat. We've let our service take a back seat. And because of that, we are seated. We're not standing firm, right? We're not able to embrace all that God is doing and wants to do in our lives because we are not in position. We are not full of faith. We are not thankful, right? And we are not living according to the king's way. We've come out of agreement with the king's way in a lot of ways. And that could be something subtle that we've let go on, leaning on our own understanding, taking control of things, not making time to spend with God, not going in the secret place, talking about our problems, rather praying about our problems, right? But when you take a stand, a stand could be worshiping, A stand could be standing up, worshiping, and reaching for the plans that God has for you. And a lot of times, that's not as hard as we think. In fact, it's easier because we're in position. And when we're in position, we're open to receive everything good that God has for us. And every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? So the point here is that hell wants you discouraged. Hell wants you taking a seat, just sitting down. He wants all of that stuff right? The enemy wants all of your, your faith, your prayer life, your intimacy, all of your power to be sucked out of you, quite honestly, right? It's literally getting the wind knocked out of you. Getting your faith knocked out of you is what the enemy wants for you. But, 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 (laughs) you've got to get up, stand up, right? Reggae. Get up, stand up for your promises, for your prayer life, for your faith, for your intimacy, for listening to the Holy Spirit, for your passion, for your service, for your destiny, for your calling. The blessings of God are abundant, but you've got to take a stand, right? You don't just get them if you're living out of position. It's not how it works, right? This is separate from salvation. This is extra, And there is obedience here. Obedience is better than sacrifice, but you've got to live according to the standards to receive, right? So all God is asking here is for us to have a standard of living. And it's a standard of living that's different probably than our human or fleshly nature would lead us to follow. It's different than the ways of the world. We're citizens of a different kingdom, a different government. So the encouragement today is to reevaluate your why, right? We're not on this earth for ourselves. We're not. And you've got to have something in your life that causes for your faith to be solid. And it's usually standards that do that. Standards give us structure. Standards give us freedom. Standards give us discipline. Standards allow us to produce the fruit of the Spirit consistently. Standards allow us to be steady and stolid when our life, right, and circumstances in our life or people in our life are not. So think about that. And it's really important to distinguish that you standing for something isn't just to get your plans and your purposes and release heaven on earth. That's a part of it. But it's really because God has given you everything. So your proper response would be to stand for the kingdom. If God has given you everything, why would you not match by giving your everything? So it's not about righteousness. It's not about earning. It's none of that. It's not about works, right? It's not by 
power or might. It's by the spirit, right? So we're not working to earn anything. We're working because it's our proper response. It's how we demonstrate our love. It's how we demonstrate what we stand for and how valuable that love is, right? So here's a couple of ways, maybe more, (laughs) that you can reevaluate the standards in your life and really, again, get to this place where you don't apologize for your standards, but you continue to live by them unapologetically, okay? So number one is substitution. It's substituting my will for God's will. So I'm going to lay down my will. I'm going to lay down my thoughts. I'm going to lay down my emotions. I'm going to lay down the unknowns. I'm going to lay down my desires for God's will. Not my way, but God's way. Not my thoughts, but God's thoughts. And that's daily, okay? Number two is train. We need to train ourselves in godliness, All you need to do is some prayer and fasting to find out where you need to do some more training, (laughs) right? Our spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we need to diligently train every day. The fruit of the spirit doesn't always come easily, right? Because our flesh wants to have its way. So we need to train. We need to train just like we do physical exercise. We need to do spiritual exercise every day. Number three We need to study the word and show ourselves approved. We need to apply the word to our life. I know in my own experience, when I'm studying the word, I have opportunities literally that same day to apply the word, okay? So if you're not studying the word, it's really difficult to apply it to your life. How are you gonna do that? How are you gonna know that you're getting feedback from applying the word? You're not. (laughs) Simple answer there, right? So a way to apply it to your life is to get in the word, to study the word and look for opportunities to apply the word, right? So if God is developing the fruit of patience in your life and you have an opportunity to just react some kind of way in anger and frustration and murmuring and complaining, hold your peace. Be patient. Wait on God. Pray. That's different. That's application. Okay. Number four. Number four is strengthen your no. Strengthen your no. This is probably one of my favorites because using my no was something as a recovered (laughs) people pleaser, high achiever, middle child, perfectionist, all the things, right? The tendency was to constantly think about what other people needed above my own needs to be useful to make sure everybody was good to the point of not even knowing what I needed or even wanted, right? Which is not healthy. So it was really awkward in the beginning to start using my no. But when I started experiencing the freedom of using a no, mm -mm, there is no going back. I will use my no, okay? Your no helps you have healthy boundaries. Your no helps you guard your heart. Your no helps you be clear and clarity is power. Your no helps you really honor your standards and value yourself. Oh my gosh, it's so, so important. So strengthen your no. Practice saying no. Don't say yes to everything. Make sure that all the good that you're doing, that God is leading that. Because it could be a good thing, but it might not be a God thing. All right, and number five, discipline is the diet of the next level. Woo! Man, I hope you caught that. Discipline is the diet of the next level. 
Discipline is honestly what leads you to freedom. If you can't have discipline and self-control, how could you ever build and develop the capacity to manage everything that God wants to give you? (sighs) I'm just going to leave that sit there. That speaks it all. Where do you need to apply more discipline in your life? You're going to have to have discipline if you're going to live according to the kingdom life, the standard of the kingdom life. All right. So my hope is that this helps you understand the truth that you are standing under, the standards that you have for your life. And if you've fallen back, you've let your faith take a back seat in your life, that you'll get up, that you'll stand up, that you'll take a stand for the kingdom life for the life the king's way, for living like an answer, for letting your thanks and praise increase, right? Because your faith is not tied to your circumstances. You'll worship, you'll reach up and grab all that God has for you and steward well what you're given. Get back into position. That's the encouragement on today. All right, so if this message blessed you, Or if you know a special someone who could be blessed by this message, make sure that you check this out, that you copy this episode, that you send it to a friend, that you subscribe and make sure that you don't miss future episodes. And also, there's a lot of great resources as far as building your faith over on julianapage.com. So go check that out. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.